0: Well, uh, some years ago, uh, I was on staff at a different church, and uh, as, I started, as I started there, uh, they, were, they were taking a group of people from the church, and they were going on what they would call faith adventures. Now, now if you grew up in the church, uh, we would call them missions trips. They called them faith adventures. So we were going on this faith adventure, and we were going to uh, uh, Nairobi, Kenya. Nairobi, Kenya. Does anybody know where that's at? Okay, right. I didn't know, right? Before they're like, "You want to go?" I said, "Sure, I'd love to go." Right, uh, but we were going to Nairobi, Kenya, and um, uh, it was going to be this this faith adventure. We had a partner church there we were going to be working with. Um, but but before we were going, this isn't uh, pertinent to the story, but I'll tell you anyways. Before we were going, my senior pastor then thought it would be a great idea to leave somebody behind in Nairobi, Kenya, and guess who got that lot? This guy right here, right? My qualifications were I was not married and I had no family, right? I thought, I am so honored, right? I'm so honored. So we get over there and and, and you know we were going to make that happen, but before uh, the group were to fly back to the states, uh, we went uh, on a safari, so we got to go on a safari, which was incredible and uh, And how that worked was uh, we flew from one airport that was like pretty um you know pretty normal setting, and we flew into what they like, we took a what they call a bush plane now uh, that's not going good, right? So we took a bush plane into uh, the bush, which is like the wild. Uh, and, and we literally dropped, they dropped us off. And there was this one building, uh, you know, and, and there was nothing else around. And then I noticed that the pilot got back into his plane and flew away, right? And then up pulls this Jeep uh, to to grab our party, uh, to grab our party and, uh, and, then, and then take us. And, and, the, and the guide there knew everything there was to know about the, the land and the animals and all that stuff and, and, you know, had a rifle, which made me feel very good, right? Uh, and, and, you know, and guided us. And we got to experience a lot of cool stuff uh, because of this guide. But, you know, I was thinking about this. Wouldn't it be nice if life worked this way? Wouldn't it be nice that if in life we get dropped in on certain things like parenting, we get dropped in on things like marriages, we get dropped in on things like new careers, we get dropped in on family dynamics, we get dropped in on certain situations. Wouldn't it be nice if someone just pulled up in a Jeep and helped us get to where we needed to go, right? And if they had a rifle, that'd be okay too. I'm just joking, right? Just joking, right? But wouldn't it be nice if, if life worked that way? where, where these seasons that we get into in our lives, and I don't know about you, I'm, I'm 33. Let me just check there. It's Jesus year, right? Jesus year. I'm 33, and it feels like even in my 33 years that, that I get through one like, like I get through one season only for the door to open to another season, only for the door to open to another season, to another season, and to another season. School, and then marriage, and then now parenting. And it would be nice, it would be nice to have a guide for all these different seasons of life. Would you say that would be a good idea? Right, we would love to have that happen. The good news is, the good news is, is that there are guides, like the one you see in this picture, all over, all around your life. And that's what I want to get into uh, this morning now that is a picture that was uh, that's just a stock photo that was not us uh, but uh, if you follow me on Instagram some of my earlier stuff I do have some pictures where we did come across two lions like that and it was the scariest thing I've ever come across in my life because as you can see the jeep is open and that means there's nothing keeping you from those lions <laughs> except that guide which I just wanted to make sure I was at least faster than the slowest guy right <laughs> just be as fast as fast as slowest guy but anyway, so we're going to jump into scripture. You can pull that down. And before we, before we jump into that, you can just put up the title slide because I want to give some context uh, for us before we, we get there. But we're going to be in Exodus chapter 18, Exodus chapter 18. So if you have a Bible, you can, Bible you can move in that direction. There's some Bibles uh, on the little tables near you, or if you, you find it on your phone, however you grab it. Uh, but Exodus 18, I'm telling you, if you're, like regardless of where you're at, this is a passage that is filled with wisdom. Filled with wisdom, whether whether you've just started high school, you know, or high school was a long time ago. There's a lot of wisdom in Exodus 18 that I want to jump into. But give, but to give a bit of context for uh, Exodus 18. Exodus is set uh, in the book of Exodus. There we go. Right. Exodus is in the book of Exodus. And Exodus was this story uh, where they chronicled how God had delivered his people from the the Egyptians that they were they were in slavery and things were not going there going good and that is not what God had for them but rather God wanted to get them to the place that he wanted to get them and so we, but he had to get them out of the slavery part he had to get them out of the Egypt part to get them Exodus. in Exodus and Exodus 18 what we have is that we have Moses and Moses is this guy that God had called to deliver his people but but he found himself in a position where he did not feel equipped for. Does that sound familiar to anybody this morning? Have you ever been in a season in your life where you do not feel equipped for that season? Right? There's like three people. The rest of you are so wise, right? Moses found himself in this same place. That, that God had called him to do something and he did not feel equipped for it. What made it in, in even more interesting was that God had done some cool, cool stuff for, for Moses and for the people of Israel. As you read up into through, or before Exodus 18, you notice that God like, he like parted waters and then they, they, they uh, now remember Moses, if you don't know, Moses is leading a group of, of literally millions of people out of Egypt. Now, Millions of people uh, get thirsty every once in a while. How do, you, how do you find water and enough sustainable stuff for people, but, but God would find a way and he would make these things up. So God did a lot of cool stuff, for, which meant that he experienced success, meaning that there was this point where he said, I'm doing pretty good. I'm getting these people to where they need to go. And, and, but, he, but he found himself uh, confused about where to go next about, because we're gonna jump into that passage uh, here in verse 18. But as he experienced that success, he, he, he got to a place where he did something that I think that many of us do in this room, that he didn't know what to do next and so he isolated himself. And in verse 18, we pick this up Uh, in verse two. If you got it, would you say, I got it? All right. Well, I already saw it on the screen for the rest of you. Here we go. Verse two says this. It says, after Moses had sent away his wife Zipporah, say Zipporah. Zipporah. Doesn't that sound like a nice handbag, right? Zipporah, his father-in-law Jethro received her and her two sons. So Moses sends them away to grandpa, grandpa Jethro. One son was named Gershom. Say Gershom. Lirsam for Moses, this was they had their names had meaning back back then, and his name meant I had become a foreigner in a foreign land, meaning he had that child when he was you know in uh, Egypt, and the other was named Elizer. Say Elizer, we have our own Elizer here, right? So Elizer said his name meant my father's God was my helper. Now that's important. He saved me from the sword of Pharaoh. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, together with Moses' sons and wife, so after Moses sends them away, Moses then returns with them and goes to them in the wilderness, where he was camped. Moses is camped near the mountain of God. So Moses' story illustrates and highlights something we all face as individuals and as families: the temptation of isolation. The temptation to, to isolate. isolate. You see, God had done great things through and for Moses and the people. But somewhere along the way, he strays toward isolation. This morning, what are, uh, a little bit of participation this morning. What are, what are some of your favorite commercials? What are, what are some of your, your favorite commercials? You, you can yell them out to me. What are some of your favorite commercials? World Series commercials. World Series amazon commercials super bowl. super bowl what was it the hair burrito doritos. doritos what are some other ones discount double, check. Do- discount double check mr aaron rogers progressive commercials right 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 what else what is it a caveman geico what else aflac what was it Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. the, the singles commercials, right? Uh, uh, all, all that stuff. What else? Walmart. That's right, right? All kinds of funny commercials. You ever notice, you ever notice uh, in, in some, or it feels like in, in most commercials when they are selling something like a car, like a car, how many people are usually in the car? Usually like one person, Right. Like you've got the Matthew McConaughey, right, who's like this cool, suave dude, right? And he's, he's driving a Lincoln because if you're cool and you're suave, you, you drive a Lincoln, right? Or, you know, or, or even the Aaron Rodgers where you know, he's, he's uh, doing the, the thing with State Farm and, he, and he's driving the truck and it's just him and his dog, right? You never, and then, and then I, I hate to even bring this up in church, but have you ever seen those commercials with the two people in the bathtubs uh, on the beach? Right? right? Some of you are like, whoa, Pastor, where are you going? Right? You ever see those? And I want you to see something that gets highlighted in, you know, in our culture and stuff is just this idea that we don't need anybody else. Right? I mean, what they're selling is if you buy our product, meaning for like the cars and stuff, is that is that, that's, that will get you to where you want to go, not other people. All you need is our product. But what they're highlighting and they're showing is this idea that of autonomy of isolation, that we don't need anybody. And then ironically, here's a little part, this is not for the message, but a little part, uh, in, in like beer commercials and things like that, it's always like single people like laughing, like having fun, right? They're like, oh my gosh, that's like the coolest thing ever. And then when you go to like marriage commercials, it's just those two, right? It's just those two. It's like there are two people in a bathtub on a beach somewhere, which is like, how do they even get water in there? I don't know, there's so many questions, right, that I have about that, right? But, and they highlight this idea of like, when, you, when you're single, you got a bunch of friends, but when you're married, it's just the two but the whole what culture pushes and, 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 and we receive a lot of is just this idea of us not needing anybody else of us just we can be autonomous that actually autonomy is, is the highest virtue in our culture's eyes and what we see in the passage is that we actually see uh, Moses kind of moving in that direction of being of isolating and being autonomous here now, the, my, I ask this question, why is isolation so interesting? Why is it so interesting to our culture? Why is it so interesting to us? And I, I think it has a little bit to do with our brokenness. You know, as if, if you're a student of the Bible and you read uh, in Genesis, you notice that as soon as things start to fall apart between uh, Adam and Eve and God, that they, they, they isolate from God, that they, they actually step away from God and there's, there's distance. But I also think it's reinforced by our, the culture that we live in. You see, these images, they communicate that healthy, holistic people and families should be able to become all by themselves, meaning that they don't need other people. They don't, they don't need friends. They don't need families. They don't need anybody. We just, we, we, if you're strong enough, you can just become all by yourself. Ironically, I love that the passage included this, That when Moses sent away his wife and his two sons, he sent away a son that was named Eliezer. Say Eliezer. Eliezer means that God is my helper. That God is my helper. So, So even though maybe he didn't do it on purpose, symbolically what he did was he sent away the reminder that God was his helper. Why is it that when we get into into seasons where maybe we don't we don't know or or even seasons where things are going pretty good we we have this temptation to isolate ourselves not only from others but also from the very God who wants to help us and then it's no it's no uh, wonder that it leads to a struggle That when we isolate, actually what we find is not what we were hoping to find, but rather we find that we struggle in the wilderness. Now we're going to get to it in a second, but all of this isolation, it, it led Moses to a struggle in the wilderness. In the passage that we read, picture this. He's camped in the wilderness. He's isolated from his family and from others, but ironically he is camped near the mountain of God. So he's in this place where he's, he's sent away God and he's away from others and he's kind of in this no man's land in the middle, but yet he's still camped near the mountain of God. Now this whole idea of wilderness, wilderness is, is a, um, scripture kind of alludes to these wilderness experiences where, where essentially you're, you're cut off. So when we were, when we were in Africa, we were, we, were, we were out there, man. We were like out there. Lions. Lions. Tigers and bears, oh my, right? No bears, but you get it, right? We're we're out there and and we're isolated from from all that was that was happening and and that's the wilderness. But sometimes our lives can feel like that. Sometimes our lives can feel like man, we're I'm in a wilderness situation, like I'd have never been here before. You know, I I always had this one relationship that I relied on and that relationship's not there anymore. Always had I was always the person at work that was the go-to person, but now that's not any there anymore. And we find ourselves in these wilderness experiences. Can you relate to that this morning? A being in the wilderness. And then here's here's what I want to pull away from that. This is gonna be a huge point, right? We struggle when isolated. We struggle when isolated. But look at what happens in the story. Look at verse one, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of summarize a couple of verses. Now, Jethro, the priest of Midian and the father-in-law of Moses heard of everything God had done for Moses. Now, pause on that. We're gonna make a big deal about that in a second. But who you have is you have Jethro, He's this priest of Midian, which if you're, if you're a student of the scriptures and you're, you're kind of, I didn't know this as I studied it, because I always thought that all of God's people came out of the Exodus, but, but before the Exodus, before the people got, found themselves in that position, there were actually Israelites kind of spread out a little bit. And so what we see here, this is, a, this is like a theological point, what we see here is Jethro, when he comes to Moses, it's kind of the bringing together of all of God's people, so that's important. But what, what Jethro is a priest, and he's a father. That's important. And it goes on, he says, what God had done for Moses and for the people of Israel and how the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. Jethro was delighted to hear about all the good things the Lord had done. But when Jethro saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he replied, what you are doing is not good. Listen to me, and I will give you some advice. Jethro was a priest and a father, which meant he was positioned, he was in a position to offer the right perspective. He understood where Moses was at because Moses was a priest and he was a father, but Jethro was just a little bit further down the road. So he totally understood where he was coming from. I think that noises me. to your neighbor and say, Tell the pastor to get it together <laughs> so modern day jethros does anybody remember um, anybody remember the karate kid of course, of course that 's right who 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 is the characters in that Mr. Miyagi Mr. and daniel's son yeah. right karate kid does anybody remember um, a guy named Luke, and, and uh, Luke Skywalker. Yes. Does anybody remember Luke Skywalker? Come on, come on, help me out here, right? Who was the, who was the other person in that one? The little Yoda, Luke, yep. Anybody, anybody remember uh, Coach Carter? Remember the movie Coach Carter and the basketball team? Come on, brought that in just for you, right? right. <laughs> right but but what do you see in these movies what do you see highlighted in these movies these these kind of mentor mentor mentoree relationships right Mr. Miyagi and and see what happens is which are great movies which are which are awesome and I'm, I'm I love them I love that but what happens is is that we tend to see like kind of mentor mentoring relationships that way that 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 it has to look that way in order for me to to uh, find a, a Jethro, to find someone in my life that can speak to my life. I have two, uh, two stories of, of how it looks a little bit differently. One is uh, there's a, a, a former pastor who uh, actually used to pastor this church. Some of you know him, uh, Larry Pierce. Uh, Larry Pierce used to pastor in this church, and um, he came a couple months ago, and uh, uh, for some some reason. But he left me his card, and he just said, "Hey, if you ever you know you ever want to talk, you ever want to hang out." Now, now Larry is this guy that um, he's I don't know how old he is, but he he spent time as an engineer for, for the city of San Diego, and uh, then felt like he was supposed to be a pastor, and so did that for a while. So. It was a dude that, you know, has, he's married, kids, all that fun stuff, lived some life, put his little, gave me his card, sat on my desk. Guess what I did with that card? Put it in my drawer, right? Oh, you've never done anything like that before, right? <laughs> Looking at me with those eyes. But I put it in my, but I always thought about it, you know. I thought because, like, you know, as, as this is uh, my wife and I. It's kind of our, our first venture at, at pastoring alone, uh and you know and so i i always thought man it would be really nice to like have somebody that i could talk to and then i think uh i think god opened up that drawer and said it's right that no i'm just kidding he didn't open the drawer right it's halloween you're like what happened here what happened here right but but i picked up that card and uh and contacted him now that was a story where someone else reached out to me right and those are the stories we love we want other people to reach out to us. we want other people to uh, identify potential in us and develop us as athletes or we want, or we want people at our, at our work to identify us as wow i can that 's a person that I could develop and I can get to and that happens but but more often than not, in my experience like if you if you want to um, uh, get to where you want to go, it involves you pursuing the relationship I have a, another story where a, a different pastor who is um, Uh, has done some great work and I thought you know what I'm going to reach out to this person I reached out and I kept reaching out and I kept reaching out and finally I got a coffee with them to where we could sit down because it was a person that I where I wanted to be but you see these modern day Jethro's like sometimes they come to us but sometimes we have to go to them and that's important for us because I'm going to jump into that in just a second but as a wise principle pursue the people and places that you want to be Pursue the people and the places that you want to be. Maybe it's somebody that, has, that seemingly has a, has a good family life. Go and see if you can spend some time with them. Maybe it's somebody that is doing something in business that you would like to do. Go and see if you can spend time with them. Pursue these people and places that you want to be. I am going to unpack that in a second, but I wanted you to hear that before we move on. So who is Jethro? Jethro's are people uh, that are in the positions and the places that you want to be. What is it that they do? They take initiative and they provide guidance. Jethro he took the initiative. Isn't that interesting? In the story, he realized. Now, how many grandparents in the room? We got some grandparents in the room, right? Grandparents in the room. You you probably know that if your kids uh, if your kids end up at your house, uh, there might be something going on. Yes. You're like, I ain't going there, Pastor. That's a loaded, loaded barrel right there. Not going there, right? So Jethro, he gets it. It's like all of, you know, all of a sudden his, his daughter and the grandkids show up. And now, they're, they're, scripturally, there's, uh, there's probably reason for this to, to go and uh, be a part of a festival. But nonetheless, he kind of recognizes and he kind of notices that, okay, there's probably something going on here and so he takes the initiative to go and to reach out to Moses. Now, uh, some of you are sitting in this room, and you all are uh, sitting with a, a ton of, of uh, life experience and, and life uh, resource, uh, meaning that, that that needs to be deposited in others around you. That, that there are some of us in here that, that uh, so this past week, uh, Vern, uh, Taylor, he's a member of our church, uh, has been for, you know, for a while. Uh, I was joking with him, teasing him earlier. Mr. Vern has had his house for 65 years. Can you believe that? I, I, I didn't mean to pull an applause. I just, I just was jokingly, I don't even know what I'm doing in six minutes, right? Like 65 years. But I, but, uh, but this is a man who fought in World War II, uh, you know, has, has served the Lord for a long time, and, and he is at a place where I want to be someday. I would love to be 92 someday, right? But, but he's at a place that, that I want to be. I, I want to I grab from his, his inf- like, knowledge. I, I want to know, like, how did you navigate? Because I don't know about you. When I am going through seasons and stuff like that, uh, there's a lot of times where, like, I don't know what the other side looks like. Anybody there? Right? When, when you're going through something, whether it's you know, relationally or with family or you know, work or whatever, I, I don't know. And so I want to know that there is light on the end of the tunnel. I, I want to know if there's some wisdom that I can pull on how to navigate, then that's what I want to grab. And so we pursue this wise principle of pursuing the people and places uh, that we want to be. So we see Jethro's taking initiative, we see him recognizing what was not right, but also exercising some wisdom to just walk with Moses at first. And then we see him giving guidance. So we see him taking initiative, and we see him giving guidance. And the beautiful thing about this whole like, like Jethro relationship is that it doesn't have to be someone that's 92 that fought in World, world War II, but rather I got to spend some time with uh, uh, Blake, who's our tech director, and uh, Blake has a heart for mentoring um, youth, like mentoring youth in the city to like to show uh, show uh, young men uh, what it looks like to to be a man and, and what is it what does it look like to um, Uh, think differently than the options that they are currently receiving you see you don't have to you don't have to be this with a lot of life experience like you can be somebody who simply takes an initiative and is willing to give some guidance you see this whole jethro thing that if we sit on our heels waiting for mr miyagi to come to us (laughs) it might not happen but if you will step into relationships and stuff that you have in your life, you might be surprised at the relationship that is formed. So, here's why pursuing Jethro's in your life is important. Verse 23 says this So, this all happens, and, and, and uh, Jethro steps in, and he kind of gives him some advice on, on the issues that Moses is facing. And then, it, and then he says this. He says, if you do this, and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain. Say the strain. And all these people will go home satisfied. Turn to your neighbor and just tell them it's tough out there. Just tell them. It's tough out there. It's tough out there. Here's what I love. Here's what I love about this passage. One of the things I love. I love that Jethro validates the struggle. I love that Jethro validates where Moses is at. I that's right. The struggle is real. Right? The struggle is real. I, but I love that, that that Jethro doesn't say you wimp in my day. We sailed the Pacific Ocean and took out an enemy, right? He, he doesn't say you wimp. Rather, rather, he he validates where Moses is at. He validates the struggle, right? It's hard sometimes to be a student. It's hard sometimes to be an empty nester. It's hard sometimes to navigate relationships. It's hard sometimes to know how to parent. Can we just say that? I feel like we, we live in a, in a world where we can't admit that. We can't, we can't admit that, like, man, it's tough right now. It's a struggle right now. And I, lo- I love that what he does, he steps in, Jethro steps in, and he just validates what he is facing, that that's okay. But, but he doesn't stop there, does he? He doesn't stop there. Rather, he, he walks him through. He exercises wisdom to walk him through that point in his life. He says, if you'll do this, if you'll listen, he said, you'll be able to stand the strain. I love that because he doesn't say like, you're gonna be victorious, right? He doesn't say, you're gonna win a million dollars, your spouse is never gonna fight with you, right? Don't you? I mean, I don't know about you how you read it, like I love that. He, he doesn't say, like, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm saying you're gonna be able to survive the strain. Hey, sometimes like you just need somebody that'll tell you it's gonna be okay. The stuff you're facing, it's gonna be okay. The issue with your kids, it's gonna be okay. The thing you're going through with your spouse, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. It's going to be okay. He says you'll be able to endure this. Not only that, he says that you're you're going to be able to impact other people. All these people are going to be able to go home satisfied, meaning like you're going to be able to live your life in such a way and give guidance and counsel to others uh, that, that you're going to be able to bring peace to others. And so not only does he teach him, that, that, that the strain is real, that the struggle is real. He teaches them what it looks like to persevere through that place, to, to move past that. And, and this is important, and I think this is important for us uh, as I finish and, and close out. And Britt and team, you guys can make your way up here. This is important for us, I think, in, in our day and in, in the time and the seasons in which we live. Because in, as soon as anything is difficult, We quit. As soon as something gets tough, we start to look for the door. But what they're teaching us, what, what we're seeing in this, and this is so important for us as, as people in families uh, where it's just easy to, it's easy to call it quits. It's just easy to go and do our own things. Thing, it's important for us to hear that, to persevere through these tough spots because on the other end of it is where we become. On the other end of it is where we become. You see, we become who we are created to be within the context of a larger faith community. Did you hear that? We become who we are created to be within the context of a larger faith community. Why is church important? For a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons is because we become who we're created to be within this context of a larger faith community. I need Tim to to uh, be present and to be able to speak into my life and to be able to, to prop me up when I need to be propped up. I, I need others, just as you need others, to encourage you when you're in a tough spot. You see, we, that's how we become. We become within the context of a larger faith community. What can we take home with us? What's well, a step that we can take home with us? Here's a, a very practical step. I've got like music or something going on. Can you fix that? Cool. What's a practical step? Here's a practical piece for us this morning. Over the next month, next month, so I'm giving you some time, for the next month, what I would love to see every, every person here do is connect with somebody for coffee to go and to grab coffee with somebody that is in a place where you want to be. Maybe that's, maybe it's personally, maybe it's professionally, maybe it's relationally, but, but it's coffee. Go have coffee and connect in community. Listen, I love what we do, right? I love uh, that we, we worship together, we come here together on Sundays, but the, but the impact that someone will have in your life over a cup of coffee is tremendous is tremendous that's the cool thing about us being a part of a larger faith community is that you have other people like right here that would love to to sit down and have coffee it doesn't have to be here but i would encourage you there's lots of people lots of different people with resources and here's a couple of tips on that one is uh bring value to the other person meaning buy their coffee if you need help come and see your pastor i'll get you a gift card but bring value to their life. Be flexible. And and here's the other thing. If you ask somebody, I, I when I've asked, I, I don't think anybody has ever turned me down. Meaning that people they want that. They they want to have a relationship. They they, they want to have a conversation, right? They, they they want to know what's going on in your life, just just like you want to know what's going on in their life. and 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 the conversations you can have over coffee. Uh, are incredible, and I think as we finish our time with this family month, and you know, my goal has always been to kind of give you practical steps that you can take home with you. Because I mean, I love the scripture and I love what Exodus has. There's tremendous wisdom, but then how do we how do we break that down into a step that we can take? I think the step for us is to take that step of having coffee with somebody that's in a place that you want to be. But as we as we finish. As we sing uh, in a moment, I want you to hear this. Not that. But I want you to hear this. I want to encourage you to find community here, grab a coffee. I want to encourage you to take a step this morning. But I also want you to hear this. there is is no community, you'll never find any community like the community you will find with Jesus. That Jesus knows exactly what we need when we need it. There is no community like the community that you will find with Jesus. And right next to that is the community that you will find in the community of faith. The people that sit here, the people that you have coffee with and donuts with and and, and hang with in this room, you'll never find that community because that community is based around the person of Jesus. I have family, I have friends, and I love them and all that stuff, but you need to hear that. You'll never find community like the community of Jesus and the community of Jesus' people. Let me pray for us. Open ourselves to you. Admittedly, some of us, we, it's not that we don't want community; it's just that we don't know how to even start. Jesus, would you would you walk with every single person under the sound of my voice at a, at a pace that would help them find community? Exactly what we need when we need it. And we thank you. And we have a community of faith that is ready and willing to walk with each other. We pray this in Jesus' name.